It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast, based on the book, The 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders, available in hardcover as well as paperback, and we've already made it to number 33, and I notice that you, when you think 33, you think Scottie Pippen, that's the number you go to? So that's on Shay. That's not, not, not Larry Bird. Not, no, I would go, I would actually go... Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I would probably go, I'm a lifelong Laker fan, I'd probably go Kareem as well. Ken, that's your fault? That's Ken LaVica who produces this podcast. You are the one that said Scottie Pippen? Absolutely. That's Scottie Pippen. <laughs> he's a Sorry, Chicago. old guys. <laughs> Keep in mind, he's 33, and he grew up in Chicago, or oh, outside Chicago. Homer. Pip, he's so, my guy. So th- that's all that would be. Oh, he's uh, the guy that made Michael Jordan great, right? Oh, get out of here. <laughs> he, he is. Would Jordan have been Jordan if not for Pippen? That's a great question. <laughs> Would Jordan have been Jordan if not for Pippen? Would Batman have been Batman if not for Robin? There's absolutely no way. It is all Probably all not. about teamwork and the dynamic duo. Would Jack Tripper have been Jack Tripper if not for Mr. Furley or Mr. Roper? Wow. Now we're going back to wow. Three's Company Three's days. Company. Today a it's Three's just Company reference right off the bat. Back by popular demand, today's all about you, kid. No crazy guests flying in from around the world. Instead, 30 minutes of quality time with just you. Me steering the direction of this aircraft, if you will, and playing air traffic control. But really, it's another one of those episodes that people wanted where you just share your wisdom, insight, experience, and motivate to inspire these folks out here just a little bit. So it's all about you today. You know, I was telling the guys here uh, just before that uh, while it sounds like an ego play, it's really not. You know, I mean, I've been very blessed that I have this ability to transfer information. People Mm want to listen. And my job is to create value and, and deliver that dissemination value. of information. As you know, I call what, it, you know, I want to make people better, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm reminded of that on a regular basis. And so it's cool to get here and do it just you and me, and you know, have some ideas and thoughts that we can yeah. kick off and run with. But uh, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm just living a very charmed life. A lot of us, um, and, and I feel the same way, feel a need oftentimes when you can help to help. When you overhear a couple not knowing their way around town and they're about to decide on a terrible restaurant, you go, and actually, folks, uh, sorry to interrupt. I just overheard. And you, there's something about us, and I know it was chronicled in, uh, I think, Outliers, when Malcolm Gladwell said, you know, it's not just incentivization that motivates us. It's also mastery. We want to get really good at things. And some folks spend the 10,000 hours to do that. I just like to not, I don't want to be a teacher. You know, I, I know that's a large portion of what you do. I don't want to, you know, here's the lesson plan. But through my daily life, I do take personal value and fulfillment from knowing that I've helped somebody get information that's going to make their lives better or make the, their path easier or in some way enrich themselves or be able to enrich the lives of others. And I, I, I take a personal fulfillment from that. I don't know why. So one of the reasons, why, know you do too. One of the reasons why I love working with you is what we do parallels. We do it in different lanes, mm-hmm. but... I think there's a lot of parallels of what we do. For sure. And for me, I don't enjoy giving advice. Advice could get you in trouble. Sure. I give perspective. Hey, this is what right. I did. Right. This is how I handled it. Mm-hmm. If this leads you down the road and helps you make a more informed decision, 
that's really cool. And more often than not, I got a, a email, a text this week, fantastic story um, about a guy that I hired back in the cell phone days. And I had found this guy. He was delivering Chinese food on a moped. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't make this shit up. All right. Real. All right. Got introduced to young him. Young guy? Young guy. Had okay. this great, some young guy. <laughs> um, that was his name, some young guy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, he, <laughs> Politically incorrect humor for the 2018. But, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's a good joke. It um, is. So, so he, he w- had a lot of energy. Really, I love this kid. And I said, I want to put you in a real job. I want to train you. I want to get you better. And certainly we did. And so he texted me the other day. Hadn't heard from him in a couple of years. I know that he was doing well. But he said, hey, do you know so-and-so in the text? And I said, yeah, I do. Why? What's up? He goes, I just bought his building. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow. My He's come boy, a long way. My boy. And, he, and then the next follow-up egg was, on a moped. he goes, I want to thank you for investing in me all those years ago because it paid off. And, and he didn't mean financially. But, well, you know, he meant so, intellectually, spiritually. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I wrote a blog a while ago that somebody else just reposted about investing. You know, investing is not only money. Correct. You know, and so are you an investor? Are you willing to invest time in your friendships, time in your mm-hmm. personal life, time in your business life, time to learn, time to listen, time, all our investments that, you know, have value. Right. So it's fascinating. That made me feel so good. Like, wow, this guy's really, you know, really. The impact the you make the, on the lives of others. Yeah, I want to go back. Know. I want to go back to something you said earlier, because you said you don't like to give advice. You like to give perspective. That's interesting to me because I like to do both. And you said giving uh, advice, you said, can be dangerous, can be dicey sometimes. Yeah, because people because of liability. Say, oh, you know what? You told me to do. Whoa, whoa, right. whoa. Right. You know, I didn't tell you to do anything. Right. I shared with you mm-hmm. some things that I think work. If they don't work for you, I never promote, even in the book, I tell people, this is my plan. Mm-hmm. I took all of the shit that got thrown at me and built a plan to deal with it. Right. You know, that was my way of dealing with the kryptonite. Use it to learn and adjust and make it your own. But fundamentally, if you're not happy with the results you're getting, you got to do something about it. This is what I did about it. Sometimes people need to hear what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Yeah. And sometimes relationships are damaged and or severed by you telling folks the things that they don't want to know. One of the things, I'm a longtime radio personality for those that don't know, and I've been giving advice and perspective since the late 90s. And we would have people calling into this four-hour show that I did for tens of thousands from all the way of Cocoa Beach down to Fort Lauderdale. And they would need advice on things like, do I take my mother off of life support? Do I end my engagement? Wow, what a responsibility. Do I continue treatment for my terminal illness to get more time, knowing of the pain and suffering? Or do I just let this dying process be great? Now, I'm in the position of giving people life-changing, altering, and oftentimes ending advice. One thing I learned from my dad, a self-made, self-paid man who became the most respected and beloved person I ever knew, and I've known some very beloved people, but never anyone like this, was that he became a a lawyer on his own and then became a judge, a city judge elected as such. Taught me how to remove yourself from your own personal bias, from your own desires and wishes of outcome. Instead, sit back without a dog in the fight, horse in the race, examine the facts as they are, and then tell the people what it is they need to know. That's a gift. That's the one gift that that's I was given. That's a real gift. Yeah. Because I think that's part of the challenge is your bias is made up of all of the life experiences you have. And so they can't possibly be the same. 
I don't think people are really genuine about what outcomes they're looking for or don't really know the outcome that they're looking for. Everybody says, I want to get a job, I want to make money. Okay, well, that's not a key to happiness. Right. You know, so what, what is your roadmap? What, what satisfies you? You know, somebody told me this a long time ago, and I I'm still treasure the day he said it to me. He goes, can you imagine climbing the corporate ladder just to realize it was leaning against the wrong building? Mm. You know, so everybody, you know, yeah. you know, college isn't for everybody anymore. No. The value proposition was go to college and get a job. Right. I know lots of college pe- degree people that don't have a job. And I know a guy that was delivering Chinese food on a moped that just bought a building. Right. Of a guy you know. Right. You know, so, so you know, people ask me, did you finish school? No, I didn't. But, you know, I went to a different kind of school. Right. I didn't finish my college. Right. But I was a student of the game learning from all the other entrepreneurs. Listen, that, you know, that education, which is what this is about. There's a reason why my uh, degree is called a BS. <laughs> right? It's a Bachelor of Science, but you can just leave it at BS. I love the BS. I had a great time. I would not trade my college years for anything. Being broke, but with my boys and those girls and that party and that setting was greater than any of the cool stuff I've gotten to do since. And I've got to do some pretty cool yeah. stuff. I'm just saying. Now, one thing that I, I want to go back to, I, I, I believe personally that people confuse want with belief. I think that people confuse, let me clarify that. They confuse the word want and what it means by what they believe. I think that our beliefs are not based upon a lot of logic and thinking and weighing. I just think that if it's your belief, it just hits you in your gut and that's it. Do you want to believe in God or do you believe in God? Do you want to believe in the afterlife or do you truly believe? If you have to convince yourself and talk yourself into, Stevie, I don't think it's something that people believe. Well, it's so interesting because the alter voice, we all have another voice in our head that's telling us and filling us with all kinds of bullshit. And and especially in sales, that fear and doubt, that voice is all the fear and all the doubt and all the stuff that you know, makes you squirrely. Mm-hmm. It's when you really get aligned with what, what's the worst that can happen here. You know, right. I, I don't really need to own the outcome. I need to do the activities that make me happy. And if I do the activities that make me happy, I'm going to get the results and I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be, regardless of what you've been told, uh, watching TV, you know, uh, I got to drink a beer on Friday night and I got to go chase a pretty girl. That's what's supposed get, to be. You know, that, well, who told, who yeah. says that's right. what it is. Right. It's the same thing. When I talk about in the book about the weekends, oh, it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. You know, I'm got to, I got to be thinking about happy hour and I got to uh-huh. get drunk all weekend. Well, you know what? What a colossal waste of time right. to waste two and a half days thinking about, you know, not doing things of value that, that value your career and do. And so for me, all it was was paying attention to all of this and understanding that only you can understand your roadmap. I can't give you advice. Right. Oh, no, listen. I have women all the time say to me, and I'm not talking about 23, 25-year-old. I'm talking about... I'm sure women say lots of things. They, they do, and not, most of them are not very nice. Uh, most, most of them are, please leave. Or I thought I told you to stop. T- no, I'm kidding. Uh, I forget your audience doesn't really know me. Well, they're getting to know me a little bit, but I will have women that are, you know, 35, 37 say to me, Why, why'd you never get married? As if that's something bizarre and strange. Great point. Well, how come you never got married? Like that was part supposed to happen, and you know how they ask the question. They're already showing their leaning and bias. It's not so. How come you never got married? It's how come you never got married? Which means that they know there's a ooh, there's something that awesome. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. It's not so, what people say. It's how they say. So, so that scenario and happened to me when my son was graduating college. He had worked for Bobby Bowden, and he was about to get an opportunity to be Jimbo Fisher's GA. And he came mm-hmm. home and he told me, he said, Dad, the salary is $11,000. I 
They go eleven thousand dollars. I mean, like, yeah, you, you're you're like what a week? Uh, uh, what? You're like a month? You know? and, and he said, <laughs> "Is that a game?" He goes, "In order for me to do this, right. I'm going to need some help." Right. And I looked him straight in the face, and he will tell you this, and I'm sure he has, and he tells people, you know, I said to him, "I will do whatever I can mm-hmm. to make it work for you. I'll deliver pizzas if I have to do that." Mm-hmm. As long as that's what you love to do, right. and that's your passion, don't tell me you're doing it because of some other motive. And the minute you peel off of that, I'm out. Mm. I want it check, please. And so, when you support people in their passion, it's not about the money. You know, he's happy being a football coach. Both of them are happy about being in their chosen profession. And if they do that the right way and long enough, the money will be there. Listen, sales and, and cell phones and, and radio and football, coaching and GA, I had this conversation. Those aren't as dangerous a business as a dear friend of mine who I had pizza with on Wednesday night, Thursday night last week, and she's telling me about the struggle right now. I'm also told by the best coaches and scouts in the world that she's the next big thing. She is talking about trying to cobble together and make it work and the sacrifice and whatnot. And I said, hold on a second. This is your passion. I said, you're getting to do your passion and you're getting to work in your passion towards what it is. And you saw the light bulb go off and she goes, you're absolutely right. Once in a while, we need to be reminded, if you're getting to do what it is that you want to be doing, figure out the rest because life isn't about the corner office and the yacht and the title that it says on your business card. It's about getting to live a life that's fulfilling to you on your terms, your way. You know, it's great. I travel a lot. I'm, I'm interacting with lots of people. I was with somebody last night who is actually going to be a new client for ESPN, which I'm really excited about. And ESPN said, West Palm? Yeah. Here? Yeah. She sends me a note. ESPN Digital. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she sends me a note this morning. She goes, thank you for being so inspiring. And, like, I wasn't being inspiring I was living my genuine self, mm-hmm. and that in turn inspired somebody to say, "Wow, that's pretty authentic." You know, I don't—I wasn't looking for her to judge me. I didn't care what she said. You know, I'm just being who I am, and I legitimately like the people side of what I get to do. I enjoy the interaction. I don't need to ever sell anything mm-hmm. except the interaction. If I do that enough times, similar to what I told myself, if you do what you love, the money will follow, right. and people get that I don't want to sell them. And they're kind of freaked out about it. Like, when are you going to ask me about, like, you know, selling me Mm -hmm. some digital assets and stuff like that? I go, I don't know, maybe never. Yeah. You know, we're having a good time. We're talking. We're getting to know each other. You're doing this. It's also a great tactic, whether it's, you know, authenticity is everything. We know that. But a great tactic is also letting folks know that, hey, you're good either way. Yeah. You're going to eat at the end of the week no matter what. you're off. Right. If, if 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 you think this works for you, then great. And if it doesn't, that's fine, too. We're still going to be We're good. Still, we can have a beer at 5 exactly o'clock right. and be friends just the exactly same right. way. Now, you wrote down here for today, I, I count five Fs. Yes. I watched my friend Jim Kelly on last Wednesday night at the ESPYs with his four Fs. And now you've added a fifth, and you have your own set here. So let's begin. At the top of your five Fs on this episode 33, you have faith. What does that mean to you? Um, so, so first of all, shout out to, to Jim. He's also a friend of JK mine. JK 12. He Kelly was Gunn. fantastic. That whole night with yep. Marino and Elway and what was really, really special. And, you know, to see the fight that he's fighting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his four F's are. He never really shared that with me, nor did I think he did do it. He, he, he began to get fun. into it. He said one was fun, yeah, fun into family, fun. faith. Right. So we're talking about faith. Faith is not a religious thing. Faith is confidence that 
if you believe it'll happen, you know, I'm a 60, I'm a Met fan, 1969, got to believe, you know, so that's where that came from. I have faith that if I do the work, the results will be. So it's internal faith. It's not in a spiritual being. It's not in a religious sense. It's a, it's a faith. It's an internal. It can be. But for for you. For me in this particular setting, it's about faith in the process, faith in that if you are a good person, good things will happen. Hmm. You know, so, you know, I, I think, that, you know, that's where the doubt comes in. People just don't have faith in themselves. They're like, right. uh, you know, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, but even big. the greatest of all time in their particular fields, they have that doubt. So, you know, when I stand up in front of a group of people, I ask them to raise their hand. Anybody in the room dealing you know, have ever dealt with fear or doubt? And they'll all raise their hands. And I go, good, welcome to the club. Right. It's a human emotion. It's part of what we, the best, the top 5% of the people are the ones who deal, know how to deal with it. And it can be it, a decent motivator as long as you keep it in balance and perspective, absolutely, right? Absolutely. There's Facing old, your fears, you know, it's, and, you know, it's all about faith. Earlier you were talking about worry. And, and we were talking about a guy delivering uh, Chinese food on a, on a moped. And there seemed to be a theme here. There's an old Chinese, uh, it's not a proverb, but uh, bite of wisdom that said the things we worry about most are the things that never happen. It's exactly it's right. It's such a wasteful uh, activity, the idea of worry. So, if so, you can't control it, you <laughs> get so great. Like if you're worried about getting to the airport on time, you could drive faster or leave earlier. Right. Uh, but, but if there's an accident, you know, and you, you're going to miss your flight, what are you worried about? It's out of your hands now. So you're a movie guy. Yes. You like watching the movies. I do. All that stuff is just a movie you're playing in your head. Mm-hmm. It's probably not anywhere near reality. All those worst people case scenarios. think that yeah. other people are thinking stuff about them, and right. here's what's going on. So, you know, that, that speaks back to, it's kind of faith, man. Good thing you can have. You know, it's funny because I had faith today that in this daytime uh, Braves and Marlins game, they, they'd account for more than seven and a half runs. <laughs> And uh, I forgot the game was already being played. I just saw the score was 6-3. So, so, as long as, so as long as they complete nine innings or eight and a half innings, I'm getting paid. So I had faith in myself. God is good. That, and there you have it. Number two of the Fs is family. Family yeah. means everything to you. So I, Everything I, I, to you. I, I wrote about it in the book. You know, I t- took a lot of lessons from movies. Here we are again. And, uh, you know, uh, the Godfather, you know, said, you know, that you, you know, a man is not a man until he takes care of his family. Right. You know, and, and so for me... The number one priority in my life, in my career, in my existence is to take care of my family. And Gus Spring and Breaking Bad. A man provides for his family. Wow. Look at you. Everyone, I'm saying everyone. <laughs> but you know what? There's a theme here. Back to Hollywood and family yes. because you're living it genuine. But between the Corleones and the Sopranos and Gus Fring and on and on and Walter White, the whole basis of Walter White, the greatest transformation in television history from the goody goody would never even harm, you know, a, a spider in his home, a science teacher, to the baddest human being on the planet. And by bad, I mean a horrible person. There is this dichotomy of a man provides for family, but what kind of a lesson is he illustrating by being murderers and loan shark and extortionists and organized criminals? So it's not only about providing, it's about being, being present. You know, so I'm there for my boys. Yes. They're there for me. You know, Michelle, you know, her son, we, we, we do the best that we can be all the time for each other because the reality is you don't really have anybody else. Mm-hmm. This is blood and blood's important. And as know, I say, the only relationships in your life you can't choose. You're right. But, but, but here's the thing. So people make note of following me on Facebook or following me on Instagram. They go, wow, man, you're, you're really into your family. Yes, you are. Damn straight. Yeah. And you know what? In my whole career, 
I would make decisions like, uh, oh, you have to be there Friday night. I can't be there Friday night because Friday night is football night for the family. Right. Well, if you don't show up, we're not going to hire you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. It up is front. what it is. Thanks for sharing up front. Right. Find somebody else who, who's willing to sell their self-respect or what's important to them. I never did. No. And guess what? It still worked. Nobody ever lay on their deathbed and gasping their final breath said, I wish I spent more time at work. Unless they were dying because they didn't have health insurance. <laughs> then maybe they did wish they were at work because they had insurance. We could actually find a sponsor for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's work on that. Number three of your five F's on this episode 33 is fitness. Is this mental, physical, emotional, or D, all the above? So it's all the above, and here's how it relates to sales. And and I go through this exercise with a lot of the people I coach, and that's why I thought about sharing it today. It's like, hey, listen, you know, whenever you're, whatever you're providing, product, service, whatever, if you can't take care of yourself, what would give me the inclination that you could take care of me and my business? Right, right. So, you know, I think the way you look, the way you show up, the way you think, the way you talk, you know, what the comments that come out of your mouth, who you associate with is all part of a fitness, you know, so why do I drive myself? Because it, it's good for mental. It's good for physical. I want to show up being the best I can be. And if you, it's just that simple. If you cannot take care of yourself. And so I have people track their thoughts every week in these five F's, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes very simple to set your goals out. What, what am I doing this week to take care of family? What am I doing this week to take, Take care of fitness. Well, you know, do I have faith or not? You can question yourself on the spot. Wow, you know what? That's a case where I didn't have faith. Oh, write it down and learn from it. So it's and become- but you take physical fitness serious though, because you are jacked. <laughs> like you're you're pretty ripped up. So I I, I had lunch with from a guy. Yeah, I, I had lunch yesterday with a guy, um, uh, the owner, uh, my friend Carlo, who owns Kono Pizza. He's awesome. He just turned forty. Where's Kono Pizza? A Kono Pizza is a a, a craze that's going around the country. You see them at a lot of stadiums now. It's pizza made into a cone. Oh, uh, like an so ice cream cone. It, so it's easy to eat at I've a seen game. that. You don't yep. have to have it slopping all over the place. Yep. Genius. And so genius. And they're great guys, and I love being with them. And he's moving back from Miami to Raleigh, and so we're going to do some stuff in Raleigh. Have him send a few of those uh, you know pizza what? cones. He's, so they're, over. they're actually, oh, here's a plug for them. They're going to be on QBC, and they're selling a 10-pack. And I said, I want to be part of the guinea pig that send us the 10-pack, we'll cook yeah. it, and I'll bring them here for all you likewise, guys. So, likewise, likewise. Yeah, so. You know, I, I almost took a job as an on-air host at QVC. Did you? You would be great. Almost. You would be great. Yeah. Because that's what sells stuff. During the audition, they gave me seven minutes to ad-lib on a uh, cordless phone and all the features. Great. And then they said, okay, great. Here's a, uh, here's a chain. That's it. Just a, just a men's a herringbone chain. Another seven minutes. Go on that. And about three and a half minutes through, I said, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I don't, tough. I don't, I just, it was not that it was tough, because I like tough. I didn't want to convince um, housewives in, in middle America that were lonely or that felt um, in, incomplete that they needed to purchase these things because I was their friend late night on television. That, yeah, so it was a moral decision for you. Me. Yep. And so I struggled financially for a couple more years, and then good things happened. Meanwhile, we mentioned pizza and Chinese food a lot. I am starving. <laughs> yeah, I'm starving, too. Number four is friends. Friends. So, so let me finish the story with oh, him just yeah. real quickly. Go ahead. So he just turned 40. He's sitting across the table from me. He's jacked. You know, really, in he's good a fitness shape. guy too. Yeah, a fitness guy. Yeah. And then he starts. We start into a conversation, and he says, "I just turned forty. How old are you?" And I said, 58. He almost fell off the chair. Really? He goes, "Dude, you're 18 years older than me." Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to make you feel bad because you look good. I, he was like, he was overwhelmed. He was like, "Wow, dude, I hope I look like you." Well, that's a good compliment. Oh, because, yeah. because if Great. it were the other way around, I love it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love it. I was like, yeah, you know, the guys in the gym freak out that I'm, you know, I, nobody's going to outwork me. I right. go for it. So. There you go. 
Friends is number four. Friends, the old song, how many of us have them? Go ahead. So, so I think, you know, no matter what you do in your life, no matter what you've achieved, um, the quality of the people that are around you dictates a lot of your success. And so no company you keep, nobody did it alone. Anything. Mm-hmm. It's not the you know, human race is not meant to be alone. No. So I no man is an island, right? The old no man, wisdom, is, an no man is an island. So, so I like this as a takeaway that, we, you know, big corporations have a board of directors and board of directors are handpicked to be there to hold the CEO and the company accountable. Well, we're all the CEO of our own life. So why don't we have our own personal board of directors, mm-hmm. three friends that are willing to kick you in the teeth and say, hey, Bozo, you said you were going to do this. And it's 90 days later. You didn't do it. Get with the freaking program. And I like three for on-air, for, for my on-air, everyday, real job, uh, for a reason. Why do you have three on your board of directors? The power of three. If yeah. you actually Google the power of three, right. it's my me and my two boys is uh-huh. the power of three. It's a myth, mystical okay. thing. But, but for you, see, for me, the reason I like three is because there's always going to be a vote and there can't be a tie. Correct. Well, I like that. I never thought of that, but that's... You know, that, that it's works. like when Superman had to kneel before those thought of it. three bad guys from Krypton or whatever. Remember, there was the chick right. and then the one scary dude and then the one, the one monster dude. Right. So I'm like, oh, three's good because it's like, OK, there's three of us kids growing up. They said, what do you guys want for dinner? Pizza or hamburgers? My sisters, they would team up against me. I'd cry and we'd eat whatever they voted because majority ruled on the three. I love it. Uh, you know, but fundamentally, when you talk about friends, it really dictates the quality of your life. You know, I think. And so you don't have to have a lot of friends, but I think you should work hard. It's family to have. you choose. Friends are family that you choose. Even better. So I th- and that's why I love working with you, because that's a mindset. That's yeah. something that's important to me. I know a lot of people. There's a lot of people that I can say are friends of mine, but there's an inner circle of great people that I love. So. Fantastic. And the fifth and final F, and uh, there's a lot of Fs going on there. Fifth and final F, yeah, is, final. is finances. It, this is really all about finance. This, this whole, I mean, we're talking to people because they're interested in doing better in their finance. Growing personally, for sure, but these folks want to fiscally enjoy the success that you are giving others. This is more, if you don't take care of your finances, it's going to affect the other four Fs. It just does. Yeah. So, you know, stress from money issues. So be smart. Uh, I was never a good money person. That's not the role I played in our company. I was really the VP of sales. I put good money people around me who taught me discipline in that and, and managed me and, you know, helped me learn, you know, like some of the investment stuff we do. I, I, they start talking and I go, wait a minute, you know, tag team. Here's yeah. my, here's my guy yeah. who's going to, you know, do the sign language. Because smart me. people don't know all the answers. They know, know where to find them. what I know. It's not what, where I, you know, where my skill set is. So I, I put down finances because it's so important to get a handle on them. Because if your finances suck, you can have a lot of other problems. So, yeah, yeah. you know, not that money makes you happy. You no, don't have to have a lot no, of money. No. But you've got to learn to manage what you have and what's coming in. And, you know, so, you know, for me as a kid, I always figured I could outsell it. You know, that was, what that does was that dangerous. mean you could outsell it? No matter what the problem was, I could go sell enough to, to overcome it. So I was, gotcha. a, I was a spender. We'll find a way. But top line was always really, really good. That's a dangerous way to run a business. <laughs> yes. You know, and I've been fortunate that I got through some businesses to do that. And I actually advised other entrepreneurs sometimes when they would come to me for consulting. I said, listen, this is a sales problem. You can sell through this, but ultimately you're going to need to come back and take care of the finances so we don't wind up there again. Like I often say, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Yes. Just because you can get away with it right. doesn't mean you should. And, and skating on that fine line is dumb. And that's the difference. The final point here today, a personal branding. 
you and I both are big fans and practitioners of the concept that, folks, whether you realize it or not, you are a brand, and you better present yourself as you need to, not necessarily as you want to. Personal branding means a lot to both you and I. And in your own words, yeah, what so, does that so, mean to folks? So we do a lot of training in this space. I was just with uh, Steve and Jordan. We went to a great... Steve Politzener, uh, president uh, of Sherwood. Good Karma Brands, Jordan Sherwood, who was in marketing at ESPN West Palm. Right. All right. We, we went for a great visit. We met with somebody, great agency, you know, were able to talk through all of the great assets about ESPN, but I made it very clear to them that if they didn't like either of you guys, the the opportunity would be closed That's because it. there's other alternatives. And so the the big paradigm shift in sales, and I reiterate this over and over and over again, is that you matter. The, the It's up to the individual person in whatever they do in life to market themselves. Mm-hmm. And the way to market yourselves is to build a brand based on your brand principles, the things that you're passionate about, the things that you have integrity about, the things that make you who you are, your DNA matters. And more often than not, the sale comes down to, well, that's the guy I like, and I'm going to go out of my way, maybe pay a little bit more because I understand who he is. I don't know who this guy is. I don't really, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Right. And so everything about how you show up, your clothing, your dress, your, you know, all of the stuff is, is so key. And so I, I try and reiterate that all the time and everywhere I can. We do lots of seminars on personal branding because when you figure it out, it makes you so much more genuine, mm-hmm. and we did that in our coaching group. And uh, Authenticity, we always yeah, say, you so, and I. It's important for people to know what you want your brand to be and what your brand needs to be are often different things. You, you can be aspirational. It's okay. Uh-huh. I want my brand to be Mercedes, but at some point, I look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not there yet, mm-hmm. and that informs the actions that you need to take in order to get to be a Mercedes. I yeah. often think of Hyundai and that uh, Equos sedan, the yes. Genesis. yes. And they were selling the Hyundai Genesis, an unbelievable car, $65,000, $70,000. And folks weren't into it. So they had to take the Hyundai name off and just brand it Genesis. And guess what happened? People perceived it differently and purchased differently accordingly. And so for that very same reason, you know, the, the we grew up hearing, don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. McFly. Right. Bullshit. Right. We do judge a book by its cover. Of course cover. we do. We all do. And that's okay. We all prejudge. Then you know what? Make it the best book cover it could be. That's right. You know, right. the, uh, the, the stories and analogies I can give you about how that works. Make it the book cover that people want to pick up that book and take it to the people checkout. buy line. packaging. That's you it. Know, how you do. package yourself yep. makes a difference. And I can talk to you about every retail store, every sale. Packaging is all everything. About the packaging. If you don't believe me on packaging, walk through the toy department at Walmart or Target. There's, there's a, a 30 cent piece of uh, plastic that's an action figure, right? And, but it's in this amazing box with photographs and imagery and whatnot and the plastic. And, and you get excited and they buy the package. It's everything. When you buy an and Apple, that's literal packaging. When you buy an Apple computer, when you buy an Apple computer, mm-hmm. you take go, take it home and you never use the box again. Right. But that's one badass box. Sure it is. And it's beautiful with a handle. What it evokes in you? It, right. Feelings it does. That emotion. You got it. We don't ask people uh, how they're doing because honestly, that's just a lame conversation placeholder. Instead, Steve, we ask them to tell you something good, like Chaka Khan saying. So for this wrap-up on 33, why don't you tell us something good? So it's clearly the number one takeaway from all of my trainings is, you know, how to really interact and, and do that icebreaker. The, the something good that's happening right now is we created a private coaching group called The Inner Circle. If you go to noodleberg.com slash inner circle, you can have daily access to me. 
to the people I know, to what I know, and it's done in a way that it's extremely affordable. It's uh, amortized over a, a, a small group of people who are now interacting with each other. And so for all of those people who said, wow, you know, I, I would love to get coached, but I can't really afford what the corporations pay. This is a way to do it. And we have, that's great. I think there's, Shay, there's 80 people in the group now. That's right. Or 80 people. And it's so much fun. I do a daily information. You said at noodleberg.com. Noodleberg.com slash, and I'm not a big promoter on this stuff, but no. noodleberg.com slash inner circle. And we're daily, on a daily basis, we're giving people motivation, inspiration, and real actionable takeaways to make a difference. Amen. Amen, brother. Well, yeah. Want to try for a 34th? Walter Payton? So, so it's really neat. When I grew up, yeah. I grew up in the shoe business. Right. 34 was a bad customer. 88 was a good customer. Uh, 34 was bad. So I'm a little freaky. Can we skip okay. 34 and go to 35? <laughs> like the 13th uh, building? The floor like if somebody walked in and they were a pain in the ass, we would go, oh, right. this is a real 34. All right. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll do 35 with an asterisk. For Steve Norberg, Josh Cohen saying thanks for listening to this episode. We look forward to catching you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long, everybody.